Move your delegated stake without missing a rewards payment. We've got a guest that tells us how coming up on this edition of your Cardano Update. Welcome everyone, I'm James Kiever with United Stakes of Cardano. Today is Saturday, October 31st, and today we're going to introduce you to a Twitter personality who is just too interesting to ignore. She's not a stake pool operator per se, but she is one of the smartest delegates out there, aggregating by hand, I might add, pool data, revealing trends like overall pool profitability and return on investment and stake for delegates. Figuring out the best time to change pool delegation so the delegates don't miss a rewards payout, something I didn't even know was possible until I saw Suzanne talking about it on Twitter. And we're definitely going to cover that today, ladies and gentlemen. She goes by Ajira on Twitter. If you love Cardano, you're probably already following her. Suzanne Ajira, thank you finally for relenting. I've been bugging you for what seems like forever, weeks, months, and you're finally here in the flesh. No worries. Uh, You aren't the only one. Uh, I'm really happy. We've had some great conversations. Really happy to be here. Uh, We're going to be talking about something that's near and dear to my heart. So let's do it. Well, first questions, uh, people unfamiliar unfamiliar with you are probably asking themselves right now, who is this woman and why am I learning about her? You want to answer that or do I? I think you should. (laughs) Uh, I mean, honestly, uh, my thing is strategic media, right? I, I was a military broadcaster for a while. Uh, pretty similar to a journalist generally, but my current job taught me to take those skills and kick them up a notch by salt and peppering some strategy in there. And uh, if you do it up front before you even begin, your work becomes exponentially effective. And I noticed that about your tweets right away. I see this kind of methodology, this kind of strategic uh, maybe underlying objective in your tweets. And uh, that's pretty much what puts you on my radar. Yeah, um, yeah I have a development background. Uh, I was a programmer. Um, but I, <laughs> I guess some people uh, in leadership at that time, early in my career, noticed I had people skills. And so I ended up moving into uh, doing a lot of business analysis. But I saw this del- development uh, niche that I was in. And uh, I do love code, right? So you know, my my perspectives are coming from this developer thing. Um, and when I look at Cardano, <laughs> I'm watching this whole thing un- unfold. And, you know, like everybody out there, I'm a huge fan. I, um, again, from a developer perspective, I see uh, what Charles is doing and what that team is doing and who it's made up of and cannot be anything but impressed. Um, so I'm, I'm into the, the ecosystem for that reason, uh, just because I know what the potential is here, well, um, but know, the people side, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're not a state pool operator and you're a pretty vocal delegate. Uh, I mean, you've described yourself as a diehard realist and, and this kind of brings mm-hmm. up like what drives you, what, what's your motivation? Because you know, you're putting tweets out there, you're aggregating this data and putting these Excel spreadsheets out there that uh, are really, really telling. And um, you're also kind of looking at things from a really unusual perspective. And I just wonder what motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? <laughs> it's, it's actually kind of simple. I just, I like data, right? Again, developers, we like to study data. And if you know anything about development, 
there's always this uh, desire to create this perfect algorithm that's going to represent humanity in a sense and predict everything that we might do. Uh, and Ouroboros, I, I don't, I can't speak for Charles, right, or the team if this is what they were doing. Um, but this protocol is supposed to kind of uh, govern how this this platform um, operates and pays out. So to me, I look at this like, ah, you know, here's this thing that's supposed to emulate patterns in our lives. Um, and is it doing that? So the data there kind of tells me, it tells me how the humans who are interacting with this platform um, are operating. Uh, I, don't know if, I don't know if that makes sense, but to me, just to watch the pattern unfold, to watch you in particular, uh, I could say, all right, how is James interacting with all this? There are the other people, but then there's what's happening with his stake pool uh, and, and his business as a, an SPO. Um, and is that protocol satisfying everybody? Well, clearly it's not. We know that. Uh, there's been all kinds of conversation about that. So when I get up in the morning, what's interesting to me is, is this protocol doing what it was designed to do? And if it isn't, how are we interacting with it uh, to, to make it evolve to where it can support everyone, right? And yeah, I mean, you're really looking at the big picture, kind of stepping out of the box to do so. Now, uh, meat and potatoes here. You say it's possible for delegates to change uh, the pool they're delegating to without losing a payout. Right now, epics uh, are being, uh, epics run every five days, right? There's one that ends every five days. Delegates expect a reward every five days. Now, you say it's possible to change pool delegation without interfering with payouts. How That's are you doing this? Mm-hmm. Uh, it isn't anything special. There's no secret here. This is exactly how it works. So the only time you're going to see that 15-day uh, gap is the very first time you delegate uh, your wallet. If you create a new wallet, then you will see that 15-day gap the minute you delegate to it. But moving pools after that initial delegation does not create a gap. All you're doing is saying, hey, next snapshot, next snapshot uh, I want my delegation to be active in this other pool. And if you look at how uh, the epics, the, the four phases of an epic, you can see how it works, right? I sent you a spreadsheet uh, where you can kind of visualize this and you can maybe share that link. Yeah, we'll people. put a link to it in the description of the video for sure. Yeah. The, the thing that I don't think people realize is that, you know, when we talk about we're in epic 226 or whatever epic we're in, uh, we're talking about the second phase of that epic. Uh, epic, the block production phase, right? But there was a phase prior to that, previous the previous five days, where the snapshot was taken for that epic. Now, we don't call 226, uh, we don't say it's active when the snapshot was taken, we say it's active when in its second phase, when we're producing blocks, and that confuses some people. So if you just look, I, I think that spreadsheet is probably the best way to visualize it, but if you see it, you can see when if you've got your stake in by a certain date and you know when that snapshot happens, you know it will be active for that entire epic. Um, it's, I think with the visual, it would be easier to see it. But yeah, you can move your stake without any gap in rewards. Just yeah, works that way. 
It's incredible news. Now, another interesting thing, you kind of are playing uh, your stake pool delegation kind of like the stock market almost. I mean, you said on Twitter, <laughs> you're looking for small pools that are in the sweet spot. What is the sweet spot? Mm -hmm. uh, well, I'm not going to actually tell you that. <laughs> it's, uh, there, is, there is a sweet spot. And here's the thing. Small pools have a potential that large pools don't. When your pool stake gets really large, you get very consistent. Um, over time, you're going to have, uh, I, I'm guessing it's averaging about 5.5% right now. Uh, your pool, by the way, is at 6% ROI. I don't know if you know that. Um, but over time, those big, big pools get really consistent. Small pools are not consistent. Uh, there is a sweet spot. It sits around two and a half million. And that's when a pool begins to make blocks consistently. It might only be one block, uh, might be three or four or five. I saw a pool, I think last Epic, do 11 blocks and it was only predicted to do three. So you don't see that kind of sway in big pools. You see that in small pools. Now, small pools have another issue, uh, which is the minimum fee. And if they don't produce a lot of blocks, that that uh, minimum fee can take away a lot of the percentage of um, rewards that a pool might get. So, you know, when I talk about sweet spot, I'm weighing a bunch of variables, a lot of things, a lot of things. And that's why I throw the data out there. I really want to encourage people to do the same uh, thing, to look at data. First of all, so, just because you get an education. So you're not going to tell us exactly what that sweet spot is, but maybe you could whet our appetites with what those rewards might look like. Maybe yes. Well, yeah. When you, find, I, when you find that sweet spot, you're looking at uh, rewards of what? Give us an idea. So the, the sweet spot is it starts at about two and a half million, a pool that's got two and a half million, right? If you've got less than that, you're not consistently making one block. Um, and that isn't an issue. I have 12 wallets and I'm in pools that sometimes well, don't. So you're, you're managing keys for 12 different wallets? Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, I'd love to know your system for uh, another topic, but uh, keep going, sorry. Yeah, yeah, it, I don't recommend that. I mean, right now we're in this, this phase where we, if you want to support small pools, you do have to do it this way, right? Multi-delegation's coming. That's going to be fantastic, uh, and it's going to make it simple. Managing 12 wallets is really hard uh, for all the obvious reasons, um, but the accounting as well. You can imagine I've got spreadsheets to uh, track every single Lovelace <laughs> that's ever crossed through one of my wallets, uh, and managing 12 of them is difficult. So uh, just keep that in mind if you're going to do this. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I want to switch gears a little bit while uh, we still have a little bit of time. I want to talk about FAIR. Okay, you've got stake pools with haves and have-nots, right? Mm -hmm. uh, like, like, like the stake pools with, with the haves, like Emergo, claiming that the have-nots dropping their fee to 0% is harmful. And then the have-nots say, no, this is how we can compete with you. And it seems to be working. What's the right answer here? You know, I don't know what the right answer is there. I listen to all those conversations really closely because I care about uh, everybody's experience in this. Um, I, you know this, we've had great conversations. I'm a fan of human nature. I watch this in people closely. 
And it's very, (laughs) believe it or not, people are really predictable. People who have things are predictable in certain ways. People who don't have things are predictable in certain ways. And you're seeing this play out uh, with the state pool operators right now as they, as the platform settles, right? We have this settling effect as time goes by. uh, And those who were lucky enough um, in those very first few days to get their pool up and running in Daedalus and who took advantage or were able to take advantage of uh, all these delegators with no knowledge coming in and just, you know, picking somebody who was there. Um, a lot of pools got a lot of delegation just by luck. And a lot of pools didn't, those pools that came later didn't. Uh, I really empathize with that. There isn't a solution to that. It, it wasn't something we could naturally predict um, or, or deal with in the moment. But here we are, right? So now we have this scenario. And you can see uh, as small pools exercise all their options, one of which is dropping their fee to 0%, uh, this is how they compete. And you start to see now there is delegation moving out of bigger pools. There has been a huge, uh, on Twitter, a huge effort to do this or to, to bring awareness to this. And it's working, right? And so those pools that have lots of delegation now are starting to see this movement. It's not huge, but it's enough to get their attention. Of course, then the response is, oh, wait, this is not fair. This isn't good for the system. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it is or not. I want to see some data and I would love to see some real arguments around this because if there is a problem, we can fix it. But I don't, what I don't like to see is, you know, people who have nothing crying foul. You know, I, I want people to come to the table and say, hey, I want to participate in this too. Um, you know, give me some idea of how we can fix this, right? Just come to the table and, let, and let's do this. Uh, and then I, you know, I don't want to see the big guys, you know, with all the state <laughs> painting pictures of something that isn't actually happening either. That comes back to that comment about diehard realist. Mm-hmm. We have a protocol that was made by probably the best team of developers or intellectuals this planet has ever seen. If, if, there's somebody out there who's not impressed by this team. I, I don't yeah. know what to say, right? Well, so we we should trust this thing they created for us. It is painful for some right now. It's getting painful for some who were. And it's it hard pain. when you've got skin in the game and things aren't working out to your advantage, and you're you know busting your yeah. butt. Uh, you know, staying up late, uh, sacrificing time with the family just to make this work. And um, so it's I, I can definitely understand how people get a little bit emotional about it. I know that mm-hmm. the fee uh, topic is an ongoing conversation with me and my business partners. You know, probably if it weren't for our pledge, we'd be in uh, Daedalus Hades right now without a ranking. Not sure. Not exactly mm-hmm. sure. But um so, you know, you have so much insight and uh, you have my respect, Suzanne. I hope we can have you on again next time. Maybe when something big goes down, we can bring you on for commentary. Sure. Yeah, that'd be great. I always love the conversations, James. Just, yeah, and, call. and we have some great conversations. All right. Thanks again for coming on the show. We'll talk to you again real soon. All right. Take care. Ladies and gents, that's our show for you today. Please hit that thumbs up icon. And if you're not already, subscribe to our channel. And consider United States of Cardano the next time you need a pool to delegate your ADA to. If you'd like to interact with us here on the show, you can reach out to us on any of these channels. 
And finally, if you're interested in another interview with a Twitter personality, check out this show. It's the first of a two-part interview with Gary Golden, a futurist and Cardano advocate. Thanks again for watching, everyone. I'm James Kieber, and that's your Cardano Update.